Go. Welcome to the obsession. Ugh. Welcome to the obsession digression. A podcast that explores all of the cultural things we're obsessed with. I'm Sam Benarchik. And I'm Katie Walker. And Sam. And Katie, <laughs> I was like, should I just jump in or you just should, see what Katie you should. says? Well, I was, I you like you just ended. You just I gave know. me this like lead-in where you said I'm on painkillers. You were like, and should I'm we like, do this? I said, yeah, count us down. And you're like, three, two. And I was like, by the way, I'm on painkillers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I'm like, he's got to start with this. Like, there's no other lead-in to this episode except that the, you are, you have an ordeal or you had an ordeal. Mm-hmm. What's going on? I mean, I'm trying to think of how to package this. I guess I would say everyone who's listening, like, it's cost money, it's expensive, but try and get yourself benefits when you're in your 20s. <laughs> I did not have any, I didn't have dental, I like never went to a doctor in my 20s. And now that I have benefits again and I'm going, blah, 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 it's great. Big fan of preventative health care. Yeah. What a, what a goddamn gift that is. <laughs> but I'm also now like branching into like dentistry. So I oh, did my no. first like dental exam back in December, it was great. They were really impressed with how well I maintain my teeth without any dentist assistance. Ah, um, good for you. But he pointed out that one of my wisdom teeth is impacted. And I said, yeah, I know that the last time I went to a dentist when I was <laughs> graduating high school, um, they said, you know, three are coming in and one is like 50-50, so let's hold off and see. And I knew I'd probably have to get them out because every once in a blue it would cause me pain. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't awful. And so he said, you know, like... You, you should think about getting your wisdom teeth out. And so I couldn't, I can't remember why. I had something in February that was keeping me from doing it. And then I was in Mexico. And so then I was like, okay, back from Mexico. Trips aren't coming up yet for the summer. This is a perfect time to do it. Yeah. So I called the oral surgeon, made an appointment for a consult, made an appointment for the actual wisdom teeth removal. <gasps> oh. I know. So when did so that, so you had it okay. out? No. Oh. So the the consult was going to be on the 24th of May, and then the removal would have been a few weeks after that in June. Okay. I thought, great, like, I'm responsible, I'm doing it all. And then a couple days ago, I started getting this, like, intense pain. No! In one of my wisdom teeth, and I've never had that before. And I was like, what is this? Like, what's going on? Um, and to the point where, like, I couldn't sleep at night. Like, I was <gasps> I laid awake all night because it was throbbing. It hurt so badly. Oh, no. Um, and so then I like called them. This was a Saturday. So this was yesterday, and I said like, "Listen, I know we don't have an appointment until the twenty fourth, but is there any way you could see me today? Like this hurts, and it's like alarming pain. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like scary pain. I don't know what's going on." And of course, like at two in the morning, I was looking at WebMD and being like, "Oh my God, maybe I have a deterioration of the jaw." You know? <laughs> of course. <laughs> and of so course. I went, and the oral surgeon was like, "Why did you take so long to come to me?" He's like, "This needs to get out like very soon." No. He's like, this can't wait. He's like, next couple weeks. So they prescribe me painkillers, and I'm going in on the 24th. But Katie, like, the painkillers are only kind of helping. And I might call them and see if I can bump it up to even sooner. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. So Monday morning, I'm going to be like, can we do Thursday instead? Yeah. (laughs) Thursday the 16th. So we'll see how it goes. I'm so sorry. That sucks. it's fine. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's nice to be like two weeks from now, Max will be, this will all be behind us. But you're in pain. You're like poor baby Sam right now. That's well, so sad. Well, we just talked last week about how much I love eating. And yeah. Katie, if this is affecting one thing, it's my eating habits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh. like, I don't even want to, this looks so delicious and I don't want to eat it because it's just going to be too much trouble. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the saddest thing. So what have you been eating like 
soup? Well, I was like, well, burritos are soft. And I tried <laughs> eating a burrito and it was really painful. But oh. I was like, well, we're in it now. So I finished it. <laughs> right. You've, I've started um, this burrito. Yeah. And then like smoothies and I've been getting muscle milk. But I'm also afraid like if I forego solids altogether, that's going to be like a GI nightmare. So Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, no. So, yeah, trying to like... Yeah, figure that out. I might do like a soft bread, like soft egg sandwich later. Yeah, maybe See like that one, noodles. Try that one on for size. Like I don't, I don't eat pasta though. Oh, okay. It's too many simple carbs. Oh, oh, that's <laughs> that's, that's on you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but can I tell you, this is a little gross for our podcast, but. Um, they I told mean, me that this is John Waters season. I don't think anything's too you're gross. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you're sticking with this for the season, like, God bless. Um, I would not stick as a listener. <laughs> um, they were like, yeah, typically, you know, when you take wisdom teeth out, you have a big hole in your mouth from where that tooth used to be, and it has to heal up. Yeah, and you Still, can't, of like... of course, has to heal. But they have a new method they use now. Apparently, this is breaking news. I talked to my friend who did this three years ago, and he had never heard of this. They take some of your blood and some of your white blood cells or white plasma. I don't remember what he said exactly. And they mix it with bone particle. And they're doing that in like, is it called a fuselage? I don't think so. I don't know what that is. What is that thing called that like spins the vials around? Centrifuge. Yeah. Yeah. And they blend it together so your body recognizes that bone as its own. And they take like a chunk of like this blood plasma conglomerate and they put it in the hole and then stitch you up yeah so that there is no hole and then but that's what i have too i have that oh so you know of this yeah i have that because i have uh but How it's somebody you else's your experience bone with this yeah oh. exactly um oh it was fine do you, think, <gasps> do you think it's a dead person's bone oh it's totally a dead person's bone oh, that's God, why that makes me yeah <laughs> no i'm so happy about this <laughs> No, look, I, I did this. This is an accidental callback to when I told my coworker. I said, God, I wish I had a dead person's bones in me. <laughs> and now I will. But like, okay, so I did this. And so here's my problem with dental stuff is that I uh, had a tooth removed. Uh, not a wisdom tooth, but like a, just a, like a back molar. Uh, yeah. And I'm supposed to get an implant. Like I'm supposed to get like a new tooth put on top of that one. But they needed something for the new tooth to like attach to, right? And yeah. so they did a bone graft. Uh, and this caused a lot of like questions on my part where I was like, okay, so it's, it's a, you know, dead person's bone matter, right? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, well, what happens on the day of judgment? And they were like, what? And Stop I was it. like, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I was like, yes, like what happens <laughs> like when we rise up again in the new kingdom and my, like, I have part of somebody else's body. Uh, does it like, and they, they did not have, they were not having it. They were like, we, we don't like dentists have no sense of humor at all. Um, or at least mine have not ever. So anyways, yeah. they, they didn't, they did not find this, this query funny at all, but it's totally a thing. And yeah, like it's, it gives you uh, weird superpowers and you'll, you'll Love enjoy it. it. Can't yeah. wait. Well, now you'll I have feel s- like excited about it. Yeah. You'll, you'll start having like weird memories of this other person. Mm-hmm. And of someone else's life. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Oh. It'll be great. <laughs> also, that reminds me that I felt very naive that I didn't. This never occurred to me, but um, I was talking to another colleague who grew up in like rural Washington Uh or rural Oregon. No, Washington. 
he would say that when you live in like super rural areas that are really religious like you'll go he went in for like a surgery i can't remember if it was oral surgery or not um and he's getting ready they're putting the bib on him all that stuff i don't know if they put the iv in yet and then the dentist goes uh so should we all pray yeah <laughs> and the, he like joined hands with the nurses and then the guy was like i i guess i'll pray with you guys yeah. and he held their hands and they all like prayed that the surgery would go well <laughs> I've never had that. Well, I've never had, like, a surgery, though. I don't... Yeah, so I guess not. But I've definitely, like, I been aroused. Yeah. That You've been aroused? Around? Aroused, yeah. I, I, okay. I'm a, I have a sur- surgery <laughs> fetish. It's, you know... <laughs> uh, I know. I've never been put to sleep before. Me neither. Me neither. I, I feel I like I'm missing say, out. I... Yeah. I, I don't know why I'm having such a hard time, like, being okay with this in my head, that... This should be an amazing thing that everyone tells me you close your eyes when you fall asleep and then you think you're immediately opening them back up. Yeah. And just like, well, what happened? Like, did it not work? And they're like, no, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the thing is, an actual hour of time has gone by and it's really weird to me to think that like my timeline is going to be out of flux with that is weird I agree. <laughs> the rest of the world i agree i agree i'll be like, missing an hour <laughs> yeah i agree that you know because like, i've when you sleep you know for like seven hours it feels like seven hours has passed right right um yeah no i feel like that's that messes with your head in a strange way mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh but i've never had it done either so i don't know what it's like to be taken away for a while from reality in that way. Exactly. Hmm. Well, I hope you get it done on Thursday. I hope this like happens oh, me ASAP. Too. I it's so funny. This feels like growth and maturity that I as a kid like was terrified of all things hospitals, all things like surgery, surgical uh needles. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like, no, I'd rather like I don't care. Like just whatever fix it. pain just like fix these things yeah. I, I feel that way about like uh, doctors checkups too and physicals where like no take as much blood as you want like, just <laughs> reassure me I don't have cancer yeah <laughs> you know exactly <laughs> but yeah no I'll just say that bone plasma trick is fascinating I mm-hmm. just like texted my sister she's a nurse practitioner to be like did you know <laughs> Did she know? It drives her, yeah, it drives her crazy. She, She's like, okay, yeah. when we were younger, I used to, when I was in my 20s, I used to do this. And I think I know now it's not okay to do, but I used to be like, quick, I need you to call me. This is an emergency. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I just read, like, what was, like, I remember being like, I just read that if you don't treat breast cancer, your boob will literally fall off. And she was like, well, yeah, but what, what does this have to do with anything? And I was like, no, that was it. I just didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> That's so great. I went to the doctor recently for my checkup, and I love it. I think I've talked about this before, but it's, like, the only scenario where they're, like, okay, like, you can, we're going to leave the room, and you can, like, you know, dress, undress, um, you can leave, like, your underwear on if you don't feel comfortable or whatever, and I'm, like, nah, I feel totally comfortable, and, like, the minute they get out, uh, they leave the room, I just get, like, completely naked, and then I Mm -hmm. dance for, like, a few minutes, like, just (laughs) butt naked, so I'm, like, this is the only scenario where, like, this is okay, you know, to, like, (laughs) I mean, not the dancing part, but, like, you know, to just, like, be, like, fully exposed. Dancing in in a a place that's not, like, your home, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wait, I'm confused, though. If you don't need to take your underwear off, why are they asking you to then? Well, like, they can do, like, 
basically with with like the femme stuff when they you know like mm-hmm. do the like pap mm-hmm. smear, then they'll pull your panties down. They will, oh, but got it, got it. you can like keep them on for as long as you want. Right? I see. Um, I thought they were being like, we never actually need these removed, <laughs> but we still think you should remove them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it's just like, it's, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Also, whenever I go, I have to, because I am like freckly and I am prone to having extra dark spots. I have to have Mm -hmm. the full body, basically like can't skin cancer check. And so like, I like. I have to be totally naked anyways. Like, there is there is a reason, you know. Like, I'm like, check my butt. Like, do I have, like, a weird mm-hmm. freckle on my butt? And they're like, Wait, no. Wait, is this someone like, literally inspecting all of your freckles? Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's strange because they'll, like, lift up your butt cheeks to make sure there's not one, like, hiding. <laughs> they'll lift up your boobs. Yeah. They'll, like, they'll check your armpits. They'll check everything. It's Listen, great. consummate professionals. Yeah. They, and actually, um... It's not just one doctor because, uh, like, I have a very, like, progressive and, like, awesome doctor um, that, like, it's just, like, it's women and trans. They don't, like, they don't, you know, like, have men there. Um, mm-hmm. But anyways, they um, they also have a chaperone when they do these things. So it's, like, it's like you're performing for, like, two people <laughs> as you're getting this, like, <laughs> full-on check. As and you're I'm surrounded just, like, by just hands. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, all over you. Yeah. And I'm just, like, I'm, like, smiling as it's happening, too. It's, like, they're, like, this is perverse. Like, you should not be, like, enjoying this. <laughs> and I'm, like, but I'm naked. <laughs> Anyways, that's like my weird, weird thing. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think it's just. How's your week been otherwise? Oh, dude, it's been shitty. Uh, <laughs> so I had like my car die, and that was not fun. I had to like go to a dealership. I had to like, you know, have the like the tow truck come, and I like actually, I really enjoyed talking to the tow truck guy though, because like they, I think that like in the hierarchy of professionals. Like, tow truck people are, like, they're not trying to, unless they're, like, taking your, okay, let me back up. They have an unpleasant profession, right? Because, like, for the most part, like, no one is happy to see a tow truck, right? Like, for the most part, they're taking cars that, like, are illegally parked and, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, But this guy, like, was so nice and, like was like sympathetic to my plight of like my car not starting, you know, and all of that. And so like, he like then took the time and granted this is at like seven in the morning too. And I'm not like, I'm not like the most happy person at this moment. (laughs) And he's like, he's like, you know, in my opinion, I'm not a mechanic, but I, I'm, I bet it, I'm betting it's the starter. Uh, and like, he was right. Yeah. And so like, I don't know. Like, it was just like, okay, like, thank you for... He's, like, just eyeballing the exterior. Yes, like, <laughs> no, he, like, well, I told him what would, what was happening, and he was like, that's what it sounds like to me. Um, anyways, like, so I had, like, a pleasant experience with him, but then, like, of course, like, being super worried about the dealership and, like, all of that, like, you know, getting screwed out of money, uh, and then not having a car for a few days. I know, it's the worst. Yeah, so just, yeah, like... Life was life was a little rough this past week. Um, I like yeah. I just kind of was not having it. It was not a it was not a great week for me. But I've got my car back. Uh, I'm going on a cool hike today. I'm gonna go to the observatory today. And my mom opened her Mother's the Day one gift. From Rebel without a cause. 
I don't know. Wait, what's the one with Rebel Without a Cause? Is it mm. Griffith Observatory? Yes. That's where yeah. I'm going. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited about that. you have to hike that. there? Or you're just choosing to hike there? I'm choosing to hike. You can hike okay. or you can, like, seriously just drive up there. But I'm like, okay. nope. I'll like probably I probably just drive. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to hike up. Um, so... I'm I'm looking forward to that, and a, a few of our friends are um, mutual friends are going as well, so it should be should be fun. Um, what was your gift to your mom? Oh, it was. <laughs> Do you remember that story I told you about um, how like one we one Christmas my mom was like, "All right, what do y'all want for Christmas?" And my brother and I we were like you know like thirteen and ten, and we were like, "Oh, we want a chia pet," <laughs> and we were being sarcastic. <laughs> Uh, we were being totally, totally sarcastic. <laughs> yes. And moms sometimes don't get sarcasm. It's so, true. yeah, it's totally true, right? So, Christmas Day, we like just open up. Like, we don't get very many gifts, right? We're not like very well off. Mm-hmm. And so, our like main gift was a chia pet. And we were like, <laughs> no. Um, so anyway, so I found a Gremlins Chia Pet, and Gremlins is like my yes. favorite, and so it's um, just, I don't know, like bringing together multiple kind of nostalgic traditions, so I was like, all right, this is like a good, I think, gift. Oh, I right? love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just sending flowers, but I have to delay them because my mom's on vacation, so. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah not your fault. Yeah. No, exactly. Out of my hands. Yeah. Act of God. At least you remembered, right? That's the that's the yeah. hardest thing. I always forget Father's Day. Like Father's Day, I'm just like I call my dad, and I'm just uh, like, sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get a I, gift. That one's trickier to remember because I just don't think it gets as much press. It doesn't, right? But I mean, to be fair, like no, like dads have not had a child come out of their vagina, so. Yeah. Yeah. They they tend to not be quite so invested in child rearing. Right, so. right. <laughs> so that's going to change when, like, Ryan and I have kids. Like, that's Ryan's going to do change. all the work. All of it. <laughs> and your kids are going to be like, oh, I always forget about Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like, what does mom want? And they're like... And you'll be like, doesn't oh. matter. I'm on vacation anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking about now, like, that's got me in a weird spiral. I'm like, what kind of mother will I be? Hmm. (laughs) Indeed. I mean, if it's anything like my dogs, like, uh, I'll be pretty, pretty good, except for, like, the, like, mechanics of, like, health and food and stuff. But, (laughs) like, I get the love part. You respond quickly, too. Sorry, what'd you say? Even though you respond quickly to, right? Like if, yeah. if one of the dogs is sick. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, a lot of fine. freedom. You know. Child will be like a dog, right? That'll be. That'll be good. Probably. Probably. Yeah. I, I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I just can't wait till you'll I have take, those. You'll take kids to parks too. So I mean, yeah. there's definitely overlap. Yeah. Exactly. And strangers are gonna tell you. You know how to raise your kid in the same way that woman with the oh, Zelda tells you how to train your dog. <laughs> I'll need a like baby fanny pack that has like multiple like. <laughs> yes. Are you gonna miss her? You probably will never see her again now. Uh, no, I will not miss her at 
at all. <laughs> I am 100% okay with not seeing Dog Park Lady again. That's that's good with me. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of a staple weirdo just in the background. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready like, for I'm a new about, staple. That's true. I just think about... Um, there was one summer, or late summer, where I got back to Chapel Hill early, and I decided that... This is before I like went to the gym. Like I before like I had a gym membership. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna learn how to swim. I'm gonna swim laps, and I'm just gonna go three times a week to the community pool. Yeah. And when you go, there's this woman who signs you in. I think you have to pay like two dollars or something, mm-hmm. like minimal. Um, <laughs> but she always had trouble with some with some step of signing me in. So I'd have to always walk around and help her like process. Oh God. And without fail, like I'm not kidding when I say every single time. In, in, like one window was open that was like processing the payment and the other window that was open was just a, like Craigslist query results for dollhouse furniture. Okay, that is strange. <laughs> I know, it's just like a Twin Peaks character. Yeah. But every time I walked around, it's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> We're s- still looking at tiny chairs. Yes, all right, all right. That's, I guess that's a hobby people have, all right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you hear, by the way, speaking of Twin Peaks, that um, Peggy Lipton died? No! Oh, I that's know. so sad. It's very sad. I did not hear that. Thanks a and lot. I remember it again. I think I f- routinely forget, and then I'm reminded that she's Rashida Jones' mother. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's yeah. so sad. A legend. She yeah. had a like, crazy, long, interesting life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a hero. Oh, man. That's sad. I know. I feel like it's right that we recognize that, though. Yes. Yeah. Alas. Oh. I don't know how to move on from that either. I Thanks know, a I lot. really should have had already like a next talking point of mine before I brought that up. <laughs> so like the weather? So have your excursions, okay, have your excursions in LA, this is something I meant to ask you, have they been primarily like hiking related? Because I think uh, every yeah. time I talk to you, you're like, I'm going to hike a new thing. Yeah, yeah. Have you been exploring like the city though? No. Urban spaces? No, No? because of like parking and stuff. Like, because, yeah, just like. Okay. I I mean, I've only been here two weeks, so it's, you know, like easing (laughs) into it. So back off. Yeah, back back off, motherfucker. Like, give me a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So mostly just like the Pasadena area for now. Um, I know like when my mom comes, we are definitely doing like more of the stereotypical, like, you know LA stuff uh, oh nice yeah. what's like stereotypical for the oh two we're doing a, a like the homes of the stars tour like I <laughs> I know that sounds so <laughs> yes. bad I like I'm excited about how bad it sounds right mm-hmm. like that is I'm so excited and I'm probably gonna do Universal Studios Harry Potter uh, <laughs> yeah. adventure right like I'm totally doing that uh, <laughs> so that sort of thing I've already done the like you know like the the Hollywood like stars thing I've done the like uh, Hollywood sign thing I've done that but I haven't done like a studio tour yet so I want to do that and yeah that sort of thing I also want to go to the Museum of Death Museum of Death? Death yeah it's death. like yeah it's like very touristy but they are the like very problematic museum who collects uh, paintings from serial killers and they've got like <gasps> a bunch oh. of like artifacts and yeah I don't know about this yeah they've got you know like um Bonnie and Clyde stuff. They've got all sorts of like just kooky history of crime things that I'm I'm into. So this should be good. That's so fitting too for like today's movie. 
Oh, I know, right? All about Which crime. All, that kind of comes out of left field, though, right? Like, the sort of sudden obsession with, like, serial killers. Yes! <laughs> like, wow, this is really concentrated in the last 20 minutes. I know! Oh, that's perfect. Okay, so let's 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 transition to, then, our, our beautiful, um, our movie about beauty and, you Or know, beauty and crime. Beauty and crime. Specifically. So, so do you want to take it away? Sure. So we're talking about 1974's Female Trouble. Starring again, Divine. Um, and this is John... Okay, so I know last week we talked about doing Pink Flamingos next. Yeah. However, it turns out that Pink Flamingos is not available for streaming anywhere on the internet right now. Right. So we've got to do so, some research. We may or may not get yeah, to it. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a big question mark. Who knows? Maybe we'll both order DVD copies and watch it. And then yeah. like at the end of the season, but that's not a promise. Right. Yeah. I'm not even sure I have the technology to play DVDs anymore. So. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll try. So listeners. <laughs> We're not lazy. We just have limited technology. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're doing a freaking podcast. What more do you want Guys, from us? what more do you want from us? Yeah, damn just it. give and give and give. Right. So, we're doing <sighs> female trouble... Troubles? Is it plural? Or trouble? Oh, that's a good question. I think it's trouble. It's female trouble singular. Oh, it is. Just oh. one trouble. That's interesting. <laughs> I just said this... I know. Yeah. Okay. So just the one trouble. Although it is kind of a play. It's a play of words though too. Because doesn't female trouble refer to like pregnancy? Yes. In like the olden days? Yeah. Kind of like, but also female trouble is also all the trouble brought on by all the females in this movie. Right. Right. Exactly. So. Of which there are many. There are so many. So many <laughs> troubles. Um. I just want to like. I think we can like frame this in two ways though. One is that I was trying to think about this when I was walking home yesterday, that like, what is the experience going to be pivoting from a black and white movie by John Waters to an in color one? Mm, good question. Because the black and white, I was thinking about last week's episode where we talked a lot about the ways in which it sort of evoked a couple like filmic like traditions mm-hmm. where I think when you take the black and white away, it becomes a little more difficult to do that because then you're not left to you like the th- ways we were tying it to other movies had to do with like its use of lighting and shadow yeah um, things like that where when you take those away he's not doing anything terribly formal in terms of like cinematography or mise-en-scene that you can really tie back yeah that's, and so that's it an excellent point to, like, put him in conversation yeah so but, that was one way what was the other way the other way was by looking at what other movies came out in 1974 oh did you actually yeah. do that research? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you did. I'm impressed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never got around to it. No. Um, so uh, what the else? Godfather came... Part Two. Okay. Chinatown. Oh shit. Blazing Saddles, The Conversation, um, A Woman Under the Influence. Love that movie. Alice doesn't live here anymore. The Parallax View. Um, yeah. And so this is giving us a sort of <laughs> place to situate these. Another yeah. thing I should say, too, when I was looking at lists, though, we're seeing a lot more sort of like pulpy horror movies as well. So there's like Brian De Palma's Phantom of the Paradise, Black Christmas. So there's Good. also like, you know, like there is like a kind of like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, did that come so, out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there is also this sort of like gory tradition as well, but it is it is still, even between all those movies, this feels like very distinct. Mm-hmm. I and I am struck by how like 
imprinted the like Manson murders are on Waters. Like that this mm-hmm. is, and so and, and maybe it's not just Waters, but. Um, it's certainly, you know, if like you, if you Google the movie like I did, right? Um, the opening credits have a helicopter, like a wooden helicopter that Tex Watson made for Waters, who visited Tex Watson in prison and like talked to him. Um, what? You, yeah. So. No, I didn't read this. Okay, so Waters. I mean, this this is starting to make more sense to me. Uh, just like the. You know, we've only seen two movies, but both movies have featured very heavily um, references to the Manson murders. Um, mm-hmm. And this is, you know, now we're talking five years after the Manson murders, but like last week, Multiple Maniacs was what, like only a year after? Um, so apparently at some point, Waters himself like started communicating with um, one of the uh, fa- members of the Manson family. Um, and that's Tex Watson. And I then like, I started researching it. Tex Watson was born 30 minutes away from where I grew up. Like 30 minutes, yeah. Whoa. So not far at all, not far at all. And he actually went to my undergrad institution. Um, did he really? He did, I didn't know this until last night, but yeah, he totally did. <laughs> so. And how does that make you feel? Um, it makes me feel, um, very, very confused. <laughs> very confused about like uh, what was it in? Well, I mean, I know it was like the psychedelic culture of the period that really kind of fueled like him joining the Manson family, all that. But it's 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 odd. It's odd. Um, okay, but not just that. But I'm also going to talk about in, in our obsessions the article about the the cult that that guy starts on Sarah Lawrence's campus. So oh, interesting. Yeah. That's like a perfect tie-in. Yeah, college cult. Yeah. And maybe, dude, maybe this is like the like connecting thread that we're seeing here is like this cultish <laughs> mentality or this, you know, like alternative cult, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe Waters is in a way really fascinated by or playing up this idea of, you know, having divine as like this kind of cult leader right and then it's ironic that he becomes himself like has a cult following right so i don't know right, maybe this that's... is these are the first cult movies right right, right. and and it's, it's interesting that just topically they're also invested in the idea of the cults um yeah so anyways i don't well and the idea of the cult because the idea of the cult is like so foundational to a cult is this sort of juxtaposition of sort of adoration or beautification, mm-hmm. um, right? Great beauty um, mm-hmm. situated next to something just sort of awful. Right, right? yeah. So not only crimes being committed, but typically people's like living conditions in cults are like really just awful and dirty and gross and mm-hmm. um, for the most part. And so, yeah, it's that, that weird way in which those two concepts sort of very uncomfortably sit together. Yeah. Um, but then don't go addressed. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, this yeah i think that's 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 aptly put that's that's what's going on here um so it's yeah it's really interesting to me that this this movie is kind of coming out and pushing against like all of those those examples of movies that you mentioned as like the kind of titans right of cinematic you know experience 1974 yes exactly and then waters is coming out with this like very um gritty 
visceral look at, um, I don't know, of, of society, of, I, that sounds so generic, that's not what I meant to say, but Yeah, of, like, is it gritty, though? Because that's interesting to me, because we did list, like, a Martin Scorsese film, right? That's yeah. not, it's not one of his crime movies, but that feels like it has a gritty, like, naturalism to it or something. Right, and, right. this is, like, grotesque. Yes, maybe, grotesque like is yeah. Grotesque is a much better meta, better descriptor of this, right? Because I guess I think of gritty as having like a, a like sort of like specificity to it mm. about like the reality of the characters, where this is like partially like a dreamland kind of. Oh, it's totally movie. a dreamland. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. So grotesque, and again, we have like the idea of like the the freak show and the like exhibition of the. You know the unsavory. Unsavory is a light way of putting it, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, that's a euphemism, but um, but yeah, I think you're you're totally right. It's it's um, it it's nasty <laughs> in yeah. a way, and it's also though like in a way like striving to be mundane because it's it's a sort of like epic, like it's the story of divines and hurt the characters and dawn her mm-hmm. entire life mm-hmm. but it's hitting all the beats we'd expect in a very sort of like kind of vanilla mainstream movie except then just like twisting each and every single one of those moments right right so and it has right, like it is like in some ways like a play on the sort of like woman's like rags riches story you know like mm-hmm. there's it's not even a far cry from like sister carrie no oh, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah um, I loved the um, placards that like then describe like these different like yeah. <laughs> moments in Dawn's life. So um, so yeah, this is a narrative of Don Donahue or Davenport. Uh, Davenport. Davenport, right? Uh, and so she's you know in this all girls school when we first see her, and this is you know meant to represent you know adolescence or teenage mm-hmm. years. And we go from there to different, you know, very... <laughs> that opening session... Typical. Oh, I know. I loved was it. was not representative because it was not, like, at all, like... It was so much more just comedic and light than the rest of the movie. And yeah. The it, felt, it felt like like when you would make home videos with, like, your siblings. You'd be like, okay, here's how the scene's going to play out. And then you know, like, none of you are going to respect the fact that you agreed on how the scene's going to play out. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, I loved it. (laughs) There's, like, two main scenes. One is, like, they're in school. So Dawn's with her two friends. I forget if they're, like, smoking in the bathroom or something. Yeah. And they go to class. And basically, class is just them being, like, yelled at by the teacher. You find out they're all doing terribly in school. And then she just, like, in the middle of the scene... (laughs) Just pulls out a giant meatball sub and tries to discreetly <laughs> eat it under her desk. Yes, it's so funny. She's like, I wasn't eating, and she's like still chewing. And then I was like, Where'd the sub go? Like, where's she hiding? She it ate again? it. No, she ate she it all. Not eat the whole thing. Oh, I don't know. I like to imagine that so? she did. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I want to imagine. Yeah, and okay, so that's beautiful. So yeah, it seems like a very like okay, this is playing on, like, Catholic schoolgirl, like, type of, like, rebellion, right? And her friends are um, familiar from other Waters movies. You know, they normally play prostitutes or, you know, like, you know, like, loose women. Uh, and they have you know, giant yeah. hair. They, I love their hair. It's just, like, so, so big. Um, oh, yeah, that teacher gets a sick burn-in where he goes, like, it's not Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I think they're like in geography class or something, so it feels like so like just trite, right? Like the like. Oh yeah, what was the? Oh, Chris was like, oh, yeah, was Baltimore ever a U.S. capital? And yeah. I was like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't. I did not know the answer to that. And he's like, for three years during the like revolutionary war or something i don't know whatever um so anyway it truly was like wait but is it really or is this just like an in joke because john waters was from baltimore right like is he fucking i with should us? really know this yeah we should i'm google just gonna this. google right now that would that'd be good we are all about making new knowledge here on the obsession digression we want to okay, spread it's an autofill was baltimore ever the u.s capital and baltimore yes yeah okay learn something from the history.com article, Eight Forgotten Capitals of the United <laughs> States. Oh, ready? It includes Philadelphia, Durr, mm-hmm. Baltimore, Lancaster, okay, York, Pennsylvania, Princeton, New Jersey, Annapolis, Maryland, Trenton, New Jersey, and then New York City. Oh, okay. Poor, poor yeah. New Jersey. They just like couldn't make up their mind at all. <laughs> well, there's more Pennsylvanias than New Jerseys. Oh, fair. So there's like Princeton and Trenton, and they're just down the road from each other. They yeah. can share that duty. But in Pennsylvania, there's Philadelphia, Lancaster, and York. Okay. Not right. not close by to each other. Oh, okay. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Very confused. All right. So we've had nine capitals. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> oh, all right. That sounds good. Okay. Um, cool. <laughs> I promise you I will forget that next week. I will have already forgotten all that. That's not like what I that's not the info I retain at all. <laughs> I, that's fine. I won't hold you to it. Okay, so But the the that early section and the school scene is setting up that it's Christmas time, it's the last day before Christmas break, and Dawn says multiple times, if I don't get those cha cha shoes, I'm she says something like my parents are gonna get it. Yeah. Or something like that. And you're like, oh. And like these, all the kids in the school seem like just uniformly like awful human beings. Right, right. But then we jump to Christmas morning and do you want to talk about it? It's so great. So it's like, it um, is. so, uh, so Dawn is sleeping in this like, you know, kind of like very like, uh, skimpy, like night outfit right it's bright like a, green is that what you call a nighty yeah it's like it's like a nighty it's almost like a like a um like a teddy almost you know oh um, yeah yeah so she's sleeping in this like skimpy thing and her parents are like very just like middle brow white like basic people and they're like the the mom at first is like now this remember it's christmas like you know let's like keep it civil yeah (laughs) so they call don in and uh don gives them two gifts and then don opens her gifts and she does get these heels but they're not cha-cha heels or i don't even know what cha-cha heels are i guess they're like more i I bet they have a larger heel to them i'm gonna guess um Mm -hmm. Anyway, so so Dawn does not get what she's been asking for and obsessing over, and she's furious. Oh, and I should say that before they open <laughs> yes. gifts, I forgot this. They they sing this hymn. Um, they, they they sing Silent Night, but then like botch it terribly. <laughs> it's so bad. I know they just skip to the end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so sad. Um, I was so curious what Dawn had gotten her parents for Christmas, though. We never find out because she's so angry. She takes the gifts back and throws them. Mm-hmm. And then she <laughs> she starts stomping on all the gifts, and the parents jump up to like stop her, and she throws the Christmas tree down <laughs> <laughs> on top of her mom. 
I was like, was the mom crushed? <laughs> yeah, but as, like uh, as her mom is like lying under the Christmas tree, she's like, Don, stop it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the mom is okay. <laughs> she just has yeah, the Christmas tree so. on her. Uh, so then Don runs away and it's like the funniest running away scene, at least initially, right? Because she's still mm-hmm. in this like, you know, nightgown. Um, and she's like crying and running away um, on Christmas morning and she's got like this purse and, you know, it's really, it's really kind of just bonkers. And unfortunately, then she runs into Earl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have um, what seems to be consensual sex, though I think Waters continually like blurs these lines, right? Like I think this is something I'm starting to notice where like sex is never just like simply erotic or simply uh rapey right it's like yeah it's both it always just feels sort of just like yeah like characters are frequently getting pleasure even as it's filmed in such a way that makes it look like a violation yes or makes it look like unpleasant yes exactly but like i mean and it's it's you know pretty gross sex that they're having it's also we have to mention that earl is also played by divine oh i didn't know that oh that's interesting I didn't know until after the movie, and then I was like, wait. Oh. <laughs> they were both in a bunch of same scenes, so how do you... And there so was... they must have had stand-ins for some of it. They had, like, a double. Oh, interesting. A sex double. Oh, interesting. Well, I don't... Mm-hmm. I mean, this is super gross, but, like, as... Earl is uh, having sex with uh, Don. You can see that he has yes. shit stains on his underwear. Ew, it so gross. Oh, it's so disgusting. Uh, and I think that's the point, right? Is like he's supposed to be like the most disgusting human it's revolting. being. Revolting. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, yeah, they have raucous sex. That um, does seem like. Dawn enjoys it. She gets, you know, he mm-hmm. goes down on her and she likes that. Um, <laughs> so anyways, that, that happens. Um, and so what then mm. comes of that? Pregnancy. Female Pregnancy. trouble. Pregnancy. Yeah, the female trouble, which is that Dawn is now pregnant. Um, and this is then where we get this placard that says, like, Dawn, career girl, <laughs> which I love. Yes. <laughs> because she has to support this child that she gives birth to by herself. That birth scene is insane. <laughs> on a couch. Because <laughs> She's sitting on a couch, and then all of a sudden she cries out in pain, and then she reaches down and pulls the baby out of right, herself. Right, right. And then with her teeth just tears the umbilical cord. Also, I honestly didn't know if at first it was um, a cry of like I didn't know if she was like masturbating. I know, I wrote I know, I wrote this. I said it's like ecstatic acting from like sex to pain to birth. Yes, it's like that's the the continuum or not even a continuum because it's unclear where like one begins and one ends but like yeah so she gives birth and well which is also like an echo of the beauty and crime being the same thing yeah um what's the couple's name i forget i'll look it up oh the like um what they keep saying oh yeah like crime and i don't remember what they keep saying it's yeah the dashers the dashers are like beauty crime blah 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 um but what I also love about this birth scene is that they used, like, an actual newborn. I know. I just assumed it was going to be a plastic doll. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, apparently somebody who was working on the film, like, gave birth and then, like, a day later was like, all right, here's my infant. Like, Here's my baby. Yeah, Wait, covered, is that real? Uh, like, what do you mean, what's real? Wait, is that an actual trivia fact? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh. yeah. 
<laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Somebody, like a woman who was, you know, like part of the crew was, yeah, like gave birth. Was and then like, like, here's my newborn. I took it out of the hospital. Right. Just yeah. for you. Well, and apparently. We got to get it back to NICU in just like a half hour. But <laughs> Apparently her own mother like showed up on set and like didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was like freaked what? out. Yeah. That is wild. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I know. So yeah, like already this, you know, like you can see this movie is like going downhill very, very quickly, um, and we know that it's going downhill because Dawn has given birth um, on a couch, and the first thing she does is name this child Taffy, uh, <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh no, this is not, this is not gonna go well at all. Um, yeah. And we, aside from, like, a quick phone call to Earl, where then he says he wants nothing to do with the child, mm-hmm. we just sort of get right into, like, her life. And we realize she works at a diner, she is a go-go dancer, and she's a uh, sex worker at night. Right. Um, and that's how she is, like, able to care for Taffy. Right. Who, she seems to resent, and Taffy also seems annoying as fuck. Yes, Taffy's the worst. Um, well, and it's, it's odd, because, like, so Taffy we see as like a seven or eight year old and that's played by a child actor. But then Mm -hmm. um, the actress Mink Stoll plays her once she hits like 14. so like it's that's... very jarring because every once in a while she looks like a little kid and then every once in a while she looks like a much older woman. Yes, yes. Um, so we're, we're meant to assume that Taffy is just like, uh, you know, a 14 year old, right? Like that that's the you know, supposed age that she is. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so so Dawn is is working these various things. She's annoyed with Taffy, and she has her like friends from high school are around, and they are also sex workers. Uh, and they're like, "Well, go get your hair done at this very exclusive place where um, what's it called? Like the lipstick." Le lipstick. Le lipstick. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> So, and they only cater to and only admit, like, it's very exclusive, um, people who have, women who have a certain type of, I don't know what you want to call it, like, boldness or lifestyle. Yeah, they're very, they're very tight-lipped, or very, like, um, cryptic about how they're choosing or selecting patrons. Right. In fact, I was so confused because I thought she was applying for a job there. Yeah. <laughs> and it took me a minute before I realized that they're interviewing people just to get their hair cut there. And right. they said, well, you have to understand we're highly exclusive. If we let a normal person in, it will like ruin our reputation. But there is a sense there's like something more to it. And basically, they, they realize that they want Dawn to be one of their patrons when she just tells them openly that she's like a thief. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I steal shit and I am a sex worker, all that. And they're like, all right, this mm-hmm. is who we're looking for. The dashers are like, yes, um, she's perfect. And okay. She meets Gator. Yes, but like, let's talk about how we meet Gator because it is so, <laughs> so strange. Uh, and Idaho's son uh, and nephew. Ida's um, nephew. nephew, right? So what we get first is this close up this like starting at the the feet and moving mm-hmm. upwards of Aunt Ida, who is a a large woman in a very um, interesting outfit that is um, basically like a bunch of openings at the sides is how I would describe mm-hmm. it. Like with like kind of like it's like kind of leather with like a lot of you know 
revealing parts, I guess, right? Right. Uh, and so we dwell on on Ida. Um, and you hear Gator being like, oh, Aunt Ida, you're so beautiful. You're so what, you know, like fabulous. Mm-hmm. And she's really, you know, like into this, this adulation. Um, and she then expresses this wish that Gator would be gay, right? That, that he would, um, find a man and he claims that he's actually straight, that he's not into men. Um, and this, this seems to be Aunt Ida's hang up that that like what she's most obsessed with what she's most angry about is that she doesn't get to prescribe gator's sexuality and that like she doesn't get this lifestyle that she wants because what she wants oddly enough is to like live with two gay men right that she kind of wants to like foster in this like weird maternal way Mm -hmm. a gay relationship between two men Um, One other piece of that, which I think is actually, like, interesting and feels, again, just, like, maybe one of the thematic kernels to hold on to for this is that she says, if you were gay, I wouldn't have to worry. Yeah. Whereas if you were, if you're straight and you get married, then, like, the risks of living a boring life are too great. Right. Which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's odd. And even later in the movie, when she develops this, you know, relationship, not like a close relationship, but when she is around Taffy, she asks Taffy to come live with her and be a lesbian. Yeah. So it's like, what is your deal? Like, why are you trying to like, yeah, like (laughs) to dictate what like desires people have? It's so strange. Um, so that's... But it is like, that. I mean, like as a satire, it is also just like a funny... It's just a funny play. Like, she seems so ridiculous doing that, and it's merely an inversion of like a conversation that in the 70s... I mean, forever, many parents have been having with their sons. Right, right. Been yeah. saying like, no, no, like just try being straight, like see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, even the ploy of like bringing home a gay man for Gator, you know, and like having him like yes, eat pretzels. Yes, looks suspiciously like Elton John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, Aunt Ida just like doesn't know like what like I like just has like this image of of gay culture and she's like here it is right like here's this image um so oh yes so. it also like I do love the idea of just like <laughs> parents trolling their straight son by just constantly bringing like guys home for him <laughs> yeah. to meet it's that's hilarious. great hilarious yeah. Um, okay, so that's like the setup. I think we have all the players, right? So Don does yeah. get admitted to the like to be a customer at the the Le Lipstick, uh, where Gator is a hairdresser, mm-hmm. um, and she chooses Gator as her hairdresser the first day. It's clear that she's attracted to him, and like boom, they're 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 married, right? Like that's that happens boom, pretty boom, quickly. Boom. Yeah, yeah, and then we just jump to nine years later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and or to the year 1969, so nine years since the film's opening. Yeah, uh, Gator is not faithful. Um, she walks in on him with another woman sitting on his face, uh, but she stays with him for a while. Um, oh, and he's also like in no way paternal to Taffy. In fact, he makes like a kind of sexual like innuendos to her, and it seems like he would 100% be like DTF if. She were mega creep, mega creep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Don like has like sticks with him for a while, uh, and there's there's actually this scene where 
It's for another five years after yeah. she catches him on infidelity. Yeah. Um, there's this scene though where Don and Gator are fucking, and mm-hmm. he has to first <laughs> look at magazines while he's fucking her, uh, but then he. Okay, <laughs> I didn't quite understand this, but he apparently has like a <laughs> tool box with different... Which is not a euphemism. No. It's a literal box of tools. It's a literal <laughs> box of tools that they use in their... As, like, sex toys. Yeah. And he proposes, like, the hammer and the saw, but, like, they settle on the pliers, mm-hmm. um, and he then, you know, penetrates Dawn with, yeah, household tools. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all I have to say about that. Except that it's super You're like, weird. Can we just sit with that for a minute? Yeah, just think about that. For also, this is the the moment where she finally kicks him out and divorces him. Mm-hmm. And I've like, I just looked at the clock and I went like, okay, so we've watched 14 years of her life and it's been 30 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're a third of the way through this film. Yeah. Um, and it is just weird to think about the imbalance of like the passage of time in the movie versus the passage of time of like the film itself. That's so because right. Because the remainder of the film is a handful of months, mm-hmm. right? If that. Right. It escalates very, very quickly mm-hmm. um, once the Dashers get involved because. Yes. So so Dawn um, is approached by them. She's invited to their like back room, and that's where. Uh, you know, they kind of propose that they, they, they have this proposition for her. And what it is, mm-hmm. it's um, they want to have her be a model um, committing various crimes. Because their thesis, right, is that crime and beauty go together in this innate way for something. Yes. And she loves this idea because she's always wanted to be a model. Right. Right, so um, that's the setup, and, and Dawn is like totally into it. She's she's down. Yeah, she just says, "I'll do this, but do me a favor and fire Gator." So they yeah. fire him, and, and Ida is furious. Also, I totally thought that then like there would be this whole subplot with Gator because he keeps saying, "I'm gonna go to Detroit to work in the auto uh, industry." And he can't even pronounce yes. industry right. He's like industry. Um, it's so odd. But like we actually lose Gator. Like Gator is gone yeah, from the movie. Never hear from him again. And it's I find that amazing because instead it then becomes this conflict between Ida and Dawn. Yes. Um, so it's, it's female trouble. Yes. Not, right. Not male trouble. Right. Exactly. Get the men out. Um, so uh, <laughs> then so so. Dawn starts posing for them. She invites the Dashers to, you know, have a dinner. She makes spaghetti. (laughs) Also, I love that Mrs. Dasher just places an order as though they're at a restaurant. Right, right. So she's like, dinner's almost ready. And she goes, I'd like two chicken breasts. (laughs) It's like, no. And then she goes, and I'd like an extremely large glass of ice water. (laughs) And I was like, this is very similar to the dinners I make for myself. I'm also like, no, no pasta, please. Yeah, exa- well, yeah, exactly. Since you're a weirdo, you don't eat mm-hmm. pasta. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm an Italian weirdo. I know. Yeah. I'm pasta. I know. What am I going to do when I visit you? I'm going to be like, 
I guess it's burritos. <laughs> <laughs> As though that's a bad thing. I know. Um, no, we can do... Actually, there is one pasta place I do go to that's so good here. Yeah. We can do like a fancy dinner. Yeah, let's be fancy for once. All right, love yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Neither here nor there. I'm Alcatraz, then fancy. Yes. Alcatraz, then fancy dinner. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so... And then we're going to go see a psychic. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay, so back to Dawn. Um... So, I think, like, the... But you get it? Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, she, she poses and, you know, she's doing these different things. She's getting her hair done. It's 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 very much a celebration of Dawn. But meanwhile, Aunt Ida is just, you know, like, distraught at the fact that she's lost Gator. So, she does something really, really extreme. Which is... Yeah, we should say, too, that I think you get a sense during this dinner where she's making spaghetti that the Dashers are there and they've made the trek out to um, Dawn's house because they think that it's going to be such a fraught environment that they're already get, like, sort of crim criminal or, like, crime-related, just sort of, like, what would you call violent photos, I guess? Yeah, exactly. And sure enough, they do, so... Taffy gets so angry that she takes the bowl of pasta and chucks it at the wall. <laughs> yeah. And Dawn's so angry that she picks up a chair and breaks it over Taffy's back. Right. And so the the dashers get to photograph all this and they're super excited. And then amidst that is when Ida walks in. Right. And so Ida, this is extreme, but she throws acid all over Dawn's face. And oh, that's so scary. Yeah, I know. Do it, you remember those stories? We were, like, terrified of that as kids. Yeah. I, I just... Because, I mean, we grew up during, like, daytime talk shows and stuff, and mm -hmm. that was the sort of, like, lurid act that I felt like came up all the time, where, like, yeah. people would be like, and someone just had in a coffee cup on the street and threw it in my face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't exactly. know why. It was a perfect stranger. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to see that represented, you're like, oh, like, that that hits a chord that you did not mm -hmm. want to think about. Um, exactly. So... Right, Dawn is is horribly um, disfigured by this this very violent uh, attack, and but the weird thing is right that the Dashers are insisting that this has made her even more beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so they have this like big kind of reveal party at the hospital as Dawn's face is uncovered, and it's you know it's it's very scarred and. Um, modeled and yeah. yeah they um keep telling her oh you're so beautiful oh pretty and there's this really um you know kind of sad moment where dawn herself goes pretty pretty and they're like oh yes darling you know it's like um i don't know it's almost like um in stranger things how 11 keeps going you know pretty you know like it's this like desperate <laughs> need to be a you know considered feminine essentially right did you feel for dawn i did feel for dawn yeah i mean she's horrible but i did in that moment right that moment where she's she needs that affirmation of like am i truly pretty yeah yeah, yeah. i felt sad there also what's gonna happen with stranger things aren't they like in court right now Oh, are they? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. They've been accused of plagiarizing, like, Ooh. a bunch of the show from someone else. Ooh. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, mm -hmm. I mean, Shakespeare plagiarized. It's all good. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> um, that's horrible to say. Don't plagiarize, people. Don't do that. 
Guys, kids. <laughs> just just don't do it. Don't do it. It's like a huge headache if you're an instructor. It's just like we don't want to actually deal with mm-hmm. like honor court and all that. And it just like it oh, it makes no. us just sad. It just makes us sad. Well, um, it makes me pissed off because it's a waste of my time. And well, and like just write something crappy. Like, you know, yeah, like right. You just turn do... on a shit paper yeah. like half of your colleagues, <laughs> half of your peers. <laughs> Like that's much better. Um, yeah. Okay, so so Don then prepares for this like big show, this big show. Meanwhile, they have given, yes. they have captured Ida and put her in a cage. They've re- as a gift as a gift to Don. They've redone her apartment. Uh, Taffy has not eaten in weeks, apparently. <laughs> well, in this scene, too, um, Dawn gives Taffy the name of her father, and so Taffy goes to seek her father out. Oh, right. And is so repelled by him and so put off by him, and he's very sort of sexual and forward to her, that she ends up stabbing him and killing him with a knife. Well, and he whips out his penis and it's like all diseased. Oh my God. It was so oh my gross. God. We saw so many penises in this movie yeah. that I didn't want to see. Yeah, there were a lot of them. We saw gators like from multiple angles and like... Yes. Yeah. It kept, it, it, there was like a quick cut of it and I was like, oh, it's kind of like subliminal. Mm-hmm. And then we cut back to it. I was like, oh, wait. No. No. And then cut back again. I was like, okay, stop. Like, yeah, like that's actually like no his more. balls. Like we saw his balls. Yeah. Like that was gross. <laughs> yeah, too much. Too much. Too much. Um... Yeah, so... Too much tuna. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, sorry. I'm like... <laughs> all, you, like, all those penis images just got conjured back into my brain, so I'm, like, trying to I know, it, it really was just, like, unpleasant. Yeah, way too many. Um, so, yeah, then Taffy determines that she's going to join... Who does she join again? I forget. The... The Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Oh, right, right, right. Like... What are they, by the way? I don't actually know. It is a also frequently given the destination of cult. We could also say the new religious movement, um, but I don't know. I never really studied them. Were they, are they still closely. around? Like, are they still a thing? Oh, that's a good question. They're in so many movies from this era, like seventies and eighties, and there's like the stereotype of them being in airports oh. all the time, handing out flowers. I think so. This is like a gap in my knowledge. I really don't know anything about them. And we should know because we're cult people. Like we are into cults. I know. I don't think they've disbanded or anything. I don't think they're quite as ubiquitous as they were at one point in time. Okay. Well, in any case, Taffy joins like this cult-like Christian group and she has like, you know, a new kind of like more demure head covering and things like that, right? Like she's she's transformed in some ways. So she lets Ida go, um, and she tells Ida like call the police and arrest Dawn at her big show, at her big kind mm-hmm. of event. Um, what they don't know is that Dawn is is planning on like making this truly a big event. Yes. Uh, so then we get like you know um, an echo, very deliberate echo of uh, multiple maniacs, where first Dawn kills her own daughter. She kills Taffy, mm-hmm. 
Um, she strangles her. Then she goes on stage and she's on a trampoline. And this is great. Like, this is like an extended scene of her jumping on this trampoline. She does her own stunts. Does her own stunts. <laughs> it's very impressive. And then whips out a gun and starts starts shooting okay, people. Okay, but the... the- thing that's really interesting about this is like the audience involvement like the audience is terrified when she starts shooting except for the first person when she asks them like who wants to like die to be famous or something mm. and someone jumps up and volunteers yeah and she's already holding the gun so it's very clear like what she has in mind right uh yeah yeah which is yeah so bizarre and and strange but then others start kind of panicking but she's she's shooting wildly into the audience here mm-hmm. um and she's you know reveling in it because she thinks or she knows that this is going to make her famous that this is a moment of you know transcendence in this like really grotesque way um that newspapers are going to be talking about her all of that um so yeah then she goes on a um She's on the lamb for on a the bit. lamb. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was really impressed by that one long shot where she swims across that river. Right. <laughs> yeah. And she's like kind she's, of moaning as she does it. She's like, uh <laughs> That 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 tide would have carried me away. Yeah. Um As we discussed, I did not stay in swimming at the, the community <laughs> right. center very long. <laughs> right. So you would have you would have been in trouble at that moment. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she but gets But she's caught. quickly caught. She goes to a very fast trial where the dashers turn on her for full immunity and say she was crazy. Um, and always talking about murder and they're always afraid of her and she tries to testify on her own behalf and just sort of like betrays herself as the sort of just like fame hungry kind of megalomaniac she is yeah. not megalomaniac but you know what I mean right maniac right. that she is right what's interesting to me too that I thought about is that this isn't like that different from Chicago <laughs> the movie oh. or the musical <laughs> how so tell me more well because it's about it's a story about a, well, I guess Chicago is a group of women but primarily focusing on like one woman who is so hungry to be famous that she kills someone to mm, get famous. Right. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> That's all. Okay, okay, yeah. Less singing in this movie. A but. little less, though we do get Divine singing the, the opening song that Waters wrote called Female Trouble, right? So that's pretty And I great. did really like that the, uh, it's like Digger Rooney scene where that pop song is playing as she's like sauntering down the street with that tracking shot. Yes, yeah. I was oh. like, that's a really good scene. Yeah, I love that scene too. It's great. Um, I also was afraid to say that word because I don't know what it is and I hope it's not like a 70s slur. Oh. I'm gonna check right now. Yeah, we, we might. <laughs> Gotta be careful with historical distance here. Oh, maybe it was just made up for this movie. Oh. Oh, maybe it is just like a. Mm, I don't know. Okay. But maybe it's just like a play on the sort of like nonsense of like pop songs. Okay. All right. Who knows? Yeah. But it was it was a good time. Yeah. Uh, then we get Dawn in prison, which is great. <laughs> yes. Dawn in prison. She is the star of prison. Like she truly is beloved um, by all of the various prisoners. She has a lesbian relationship. Um, she, I don't know, like everyone in the prison wants her to, or except like the guards, but like everyone else wants her to perform or to sign, you know, autographs and all of that. She's really in her element. And what's, what's wild 
uh, is that she is anticipating so, like, mm-hmm. she's so giddy about her like date of execution. Yeah. Uh, because she knows that's, like, her final, like, moment. She's been living for this. And there's this great line where her, you know, lesbian lover says, like, um, this isn't a show. And Dawn says, don't you know that my whole life is a show? And it's mm. just like, oh, that's, it's perfect, right? It's like the, it's a great kind of capstone line for her. Um, and yeah, she ends up in the electric chair. I don't, yeah, I, after yeah. giving this like long speech, thanking everyone for coming and about how great it is to be famous. It feels very like Sunset Boulevard. Mm-hmm. And then she's electrocuted and we like freeze frame on her being electrocuted and it ends. Yeah, yeah. And it's sad, too, because, like, they deny her makeup. Um, like, they won't let her dress up and for her execution, right? So she's in, like, the prison garb. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, you know, it's it's a, it's somewhat of a defeat in that way, too. But given her performance, it's not Yeah, but it is. she doesn't notice. Yeah, she doesn't know that it's, like, a defeat, right? So, yeah. yeah. And there we have it. That's female trouble. There was no bar feeding in this movie so it's there's no giant lobster we'll count that as a win we'll count it as a win yeah but you know I guess the thing that's so interesting to me that was okay I finished this movie like 10 minutes before we started recording so I don't have as much time to think through it but um, one of the things that was interesting to me as I was watching is like it seems to be making this argument that the film obviously right makes no bones about the fact that it is sort of like grotesque and campy and kind of low culture Mm mm-hmm but it is also, uh, maybe this ties back to your your opening sort of argument about like sort of like cold leaders and the sort of like magnetism of them. Mm-hmm. That even like trash, even low art has to be cultivated and curated, right? right. That there's still an art to low art. Right. And, right that there's still intentionality. Is still, it's almost like a defense of what, of his own like method in the way in which like divine kind of slowly through the sort of very sort of off-putting beats but specific beats nonetheless of her life and personality and attitude Mm -hmm. that allow her to become more magnetic than some of the other like women or just people uh, in the film yeah i i like that that's 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 really well put yeah um and what i'm i'm finding right is that uh, like, you know, of course, we've only seen two movies with Divine, but, like, I'm starting to craft a, like, uh, a recognition of this this actor, of this, like, of the, the I don't know, they're, they're starting to become this, this true pleasure of being, like, what is Divine going to do next, right? And I mean that both, like, in terms of plot, but also acting style, facial expression, uh, yeah. costuming, like, all of She's it. There's very watchable. Yes. Like, she, that's this gravity where, like, she does hold a scene. and she, yeah. yeah. So it's, I, like, there's there really is, like, this, this true, like, I mean, you know, call it voyeuristic if you want, but, like, this true, like, excitement as a viewer to be, like, I am. I'm going to try to guess what Divine's going to do, but I also am going to be delightfully surprised by being, you know, wrong about that supposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I'm just. I'm. I'm really enjoying the like, the familiarity that I'm starting to cultivate with this actress, and it's it's interesting that, you know, like this is why I, I guess like at, like that directors return to and use, you know the same actors over and over again, right? Because they too develop something with their, I don't know. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. 
It's all, that's all I'm trying to say. It's cool. <laughs> and it, uh, it'll be interesting to think, too, about, like, well, what does it look like for both John Waters and Divine to have to, I was going to say graduate, and that's not exactly the word, but just, like, transition to more of a mainstream sort of yeah, aesthetic? Yeah, And how do they maintain their own singularity in doing that? Because I'm thinking about the fact that, like, in two weeks we're going to do Hairspray. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Hairspray. Maybe it's way, way campier and way, way more like these movies than I think it is, but mm. I think it's not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so... It'll be interesting to see how that sort of carries over and how they establish, like, a through line. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I won't give it away. I'll I'll, okay. I'll let you be surprised or not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, cool. Well, anything else we want to cover? I think I'm good. Yeah, I think that's, that's female trouble. Singular. There. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Wild ride. Cool. <laughs> well, Sam, what are you obsessed with this week? So I have two obsessions this week. Nice. Um, one I just referenced, and that is um, an article in... Oh, I have to sneeze. <coughs> Gross. We'll cut that out. Um, no, we better One is an article... <laughs> <laughs> the first is an article in um, the New York Magazine mm-hmm. uh, called The Stolen Kids of Sarah Lawrence. And basically, it is the story about um, uh, one of the students decides to uh, have her father, who she idolizes her father, come stay with them in their dorm that has like eight kids. And he essentially like develops these deep, deep, close bonds with each of them individually and sort of gets them to reorient their life. And they have they start to lose touch with their parents and um, act differently and alienate themselves from friends. What? His name's Larry something. I don't know if I pulled up. And it's all happening in a dorm on Sarah Lawrence's campus. It it's is wild. What? That's crazy. Yes, and this is recent? It is, mm, or like... Yes. Did, I'm going to say yes. This was like... In the 2000s. Whoa. This is, yes, 2010. Whoa, okay. That's wild. So Isn't that crazy? It is like a thrilling ride. I still have like the third part of it left to read, but um, I was reading it yesterday and I was just like blown away by it. Okay, I'm going to check this out. That, that sounds amazing. And then my other obsession is I got an audiobook version of Emma Smith's book called This is Shakespeare. So oh. Emma Smith used to have... Approaching you know Shakespeare. Her? Yeah, I do yes. know her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's And an so idol. she took... Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's like, very well known, and she's, she's awesome. She's great. Yeah, I'm loving it. She basically took, um, as inspiration, like, some of the episodes she did for Approaching Shakespeare and then sort of expanded them into just longer, sustained kind of just, like, readings um, or deep dives into... Um, a handful of Shakespeare plays. Right on. Yes. Yeah. And so it's super like approachable. I have not read most of these plays in a very, very long time. And I'm like not at all struggling to follow. So mm-hmm. I feel like anyone could just kind of pick it up and listen. Yeah. Yeah. And she's... she narrates her own book. I love when authors narrate their own book. Yeah. It's always better. Yeah. She's, she's great. She's, she's a wonderful human being also. I can attest to that. So that's awesome. Oh yeah. 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 Aww. Cool. Oh, that's great. What about you? Uh, so my obsession this week is also an audio book. Um, I've been listening to Bell Hooks's uh, Teaching to Transgress. Um, yeah. And I, wow, I haven't thought about that book in a while. I have never, I mean, I hate to admit, I've, I've never read it before, never encountered it before. Um, and so it's just like giving me 
just new fire and just like the way that she articulates things is so insightful and sometimes painful but like in a mm. like really um like just just honest way i don't know i just am so into it um and it's just kind of odd because like you know i spend my whole day reading like early modern books and then i get home and listen to like black feminist um you know like <laughs> power and all of like you know just like this charge to change our pedagogy and i'm like it's giving me just like such a burst of like fresh air i'd like i'm all about it dude i'm almost done it's great uh, i'm so glad yeah yeah so it's it's been a fun fun ride so far um anyways yeah good 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 obsessions we've got here vastly different but I know. yeah but great cool all right, so next week, so long as we can find a streaming, and I'm pretty sure I already did, is Polyester. Polyester. So this will be like the last of this like first run of very, very like offbeat Waters-y films. Right on. Um, before we get into um, more of his mainstream films like Hairspray and Crybaby. Woot woot. Can't wait. All right. Yay. Billy Zane. All right. Your ghost. We wish all of the best, and we'll see y'all later. Yeah, I hope you're not pregnant. Mm, I can't think of anything funny to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. bye. See you next week. <laughs>